0: True worship. I'm going to begin a new series today titled True Worship. Will you write that down? True Worship. What are you writing down? True True Worship. So we're going to begin this series today, so you have to give me an opportunity to lay the substructure or the foundation, and we'll build on it as we go. But we're going to begin again talking about true worship because much of what we see today is pretentious. It's, it's nothing more than an outward show. Now, there's always a remnant of believers, daughter, who worship, who are devoted to God. But what we're going to discover is worship is much deeper than what we even see on what we call a Sunday morning worship experience. Worship is living in agreement with God. It's living a life devoted to God. Understand this, with my body being devoted to God, my possessions devoted to God, my money's devoted to God, my life, how I live, my whole it's living a life that's dedicated to God, but in it's, it's succinct, it's living in agreement. I'm going to give you more definitions as I go, but in succinct, it's living in agreement with God. Then two, it, I'm using that word worship Is synonymous with fellowship. So we have a lot of people who are in relationship with Jesus, but they are out of fellowship with Jesus. See, you can be in a relationship, but yet out of fellowship. The relationship is permanent, but the fellowship is what you're doing now. Are you with me? I'm already ahead, so let me stop. John 4, John chapter 4. Verses 23, 24. We're going to read this, give you a little context, and we will go from there. Have we did our profession of faith? Let's hold our Bibles up. Let's do our profession of faith. Any of faith, Anytime you come to the presence of God, where the Word of God has been preached or taught, you want to make sure that what has been delivered to you is indeed the Word of God. You with me? Come on, hold them up high. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is God speaking to me. I am, I am everything that God says I am. I can do everything that God says I can do. Today, my life will be the better as a result of hearing, receiving, and acting on... The living word of God. God. Jesus, Jesus. you said your word word is spirit spirit. and it is life. I cannot receive receive the spirit word of God God. with my natural mind only, with my my natural intellect only. Therefore, I I ask you, lay your hands on your person, I ask you. To sow, hey Trinity, to sow your word into my spirit, I receive it now in Jesus' name, Amen. John chapter number four, verses twenty-three and twenty-four. Again, we're laying a foundation, and there's a lot, of, a lot of revelation. There's a lot of points that we could gather throughout this pericope of Scripture, but before we actually deal with Jesus and the woman, the Samaritan woman, just allow me to, to give you a little history uh, and, and understanding the context will give you clarity. So understanding why John is writing this particular uh, letter or book, if you will, it'll give us greater understanding as you study the book of John. Okay, John 4, verse 23, 24. But the hour is coming, and now is when the, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Now, let's read that verse again, but everyone reading. Ready? Let's read. But the hour is coming, and now it is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Listen, so there are those who may worship, but there are those also, but what God is seeking is true worship, okay? Verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Will you say this? True worship. Now write this down. God is seeking my adoration. Yeah, write that down. God, and you can put that on social media too, Tim, as the, sub, as the uh, subtopic. God is seeking my adoration. Now, John, and take these notes. I want you to write this down. John was written to prove conclusively that Jesus is the Son of God, yet fully God, and that all who believe on him would have eternal life. It is this truth that the Apostle John brings to us when you read his gospel. Then to understand that John's gospel is not a, a life of Christ, rather it is a powerful argument of the incarnation, a conclusive demonstration that Jesus was and is, listen to me now, the very heaven sent son of God or God in the flesh. So in that culture, when you would say son of God, you were calling yourself God. So we think son of God as we think like Rex Jr. as my son, no, son of God in the Greek, it literally means one who bears the same nature and character of. So anytime Jesus uh, would use that or people refer to him as son of God, they would consider him being blasphemous. You are saying you're a God. So John writes to prove not only is he uh, man, but he's God in the flesh. This is important. Even as you see the discussion between him and the woman at the well. Are you with me? So he, 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 he writes this. He's, it's an argument now for the incarnation, an inclusive demonstration that Jesus was and is the very heaven sent son of God, or God in the flesh. Watch this now. And the only, someone say only, only. source of eternal life. Eternal life. You, Jesus is the only Source of eternal life. So that's why he spends time proving his deity. Yeah, he's man, but not man like you think man. He's God in the flesh. So John discloses Jesus' identity with his very first words. As a matter of fact, let me show you. Let's go to John 1. See, he's seeking true worship because there are those who are worshiping deities or gods as more, but is it the true and living God? Because if it's not Jesus that you're worshiping, sir or ma'am, I submit to you that you are not engaging in true worship. You are engaging in idolatry. In the beginning... Now, let, let me make this clear. He wasn't Jesus in the beginning. He was the Word in the beginning. God, in the beginning, God said, Elohim, talking about the plurality of God, God the Father, God Holy Spirit, and the Word. So in Genesis, when it says, in the beginning, God, he wasn't talking about God and the angels in them. Three in person, one in being. One in essence, three in person. He's not three different gods. He's one God, but three in essence. Are you here? In the beginning was the Word. So he wasn't called Jesus in the beginning. He was called the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. They're one all things were made through him so 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 see see john is proving his case here are you with me he's cementing that the son of god is god in the flesh are you with me all things were made through him and without and without him, nothing was, nothing made was made. Verse 14. And the Word, who we know now as who? Jesus. <laughs> Go to verse 14. Uh, and the Word became who? Wait, 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 In the beginning was a Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here we see, and the Word became flesh. God became Jesus became flesh, or the Word became flesh, who we know as Jesus. So the rest of the book continues with this theme. Let me show you something, John 17, 5. Are you still here? See, you have to know who you worship. And now, O Father, you see it, Brother Moore, glorify me together with yourself. (laughs) I tell you, they're one. (laughs) Are you here? With the glory. Which I had with you before, <laughs> do you see it, Brother Jackson? Before the world was. What are you talking about? That's why you, see, when you're talking, just do like I do sometimes. Say, sir, what Bible did you get that out of? See, that's why, you know, how blind and foolish now to call Jesus nothing more than an unusually good man. He was a good moral teacher. All those things are true. But it's somewhat an insult when we just leave it there. Are you here? John makes it clear that Jesus is not just a man. He is the eternal, again, Son of God, meaning God in the flesh. Now, then he gives, he records eight specific signs and miracles that show the nature of Jesus or the nature of Jesus' power and his divine nature, okay? One, you, all, you probably know turning water into wine, healing of the official son. Healing the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Feeding 5,000 with just a few loaves of bread and fish. Walking on the water. Restoring sight to the blind man. Raising Lazarus from the dead. Eight, giving the disciples an overwhelming catch of fish. In every chapter, Jesus' deity, God in the flesh, is revealed. (laughs) Now, his true identity identity is also understood through the titles he has given throughout when you read the book. The Word, we just seen that. In the beginning was the Word, okay? You'll see things like the only Son, the Lamb of God, Son of God, true bread, divine, resurrection. You always hear me say every Resurrection Sunday, as we approach Resurrection Sunday, resurrection is not a it's more about a man than it is a day. Resurrection is a man. It's more about a, the man Jesus than it is a day. That's why after he raised Lazarus from dead, he said, I am. I am the resur- resurrection. It, what about <laughs> I am the resurrection. He is. You hear? I hear somebody say the truth, the way, he's that too. The way, the truth, and the life. Now, the, the, the formula as you read this is I am. And I've talked to you this before. Anytime, even I am, you're teaching blasphemy. He's saying he's God. When Jesus used this phrase, I am, watch this now. He affirms his preexistence and his external deity. Anytime he said, I am, he was making a claim. I am. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. Again, there are no other doors. One door. And part of the reason why John takes this time is because in days of antiquity, most of the Samaritans were into polytheism, worshiping multiple gods. I think over 3,000 or something gods. That's why at one point he told the lady, You worship, but you know not what. I don't know who you worshiping. Which he was, much like people say today, all roads lead to heaven. Where did you get that scripture? There's only one door. In Jesus, how about, is that door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. This is what you see in the book of John. I am the true vine. I am the way. See, let me stop right there. You see this in Acts, and, and, I, and if you've been, you should know this by now. The term Christianity, we don't find it until the book of Acts. In early Christendom, when men would begin to follow Yahweh, it was Yahweh or the way. So they were called followers of the way. And you see this throughout Acts. Followers of the way. Who remember me showing this before? Followers of the way. These are people trying to get you to loop. Oh, Christian, a white man term. First of all, it's not a white man. Term. But before the term Christianity, they were called followers of the way. Now, so when Jesus is saying, I am the way in that culture, they knew that he was claiming to be the Messiah. You're saying you're the one? Yeah, I'm the way and the truth and the life. So when they heard, I am the way, they knew he was making a claim to be God. See, nothing in scripture is superfluous, meaning, not needed. It's there for a reason. That's why we shouldn't just read casually. Study your Bible, young man, young woman. <laughs> you actually fall in love with it. <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the life. And of course, the greatest sign, of course, is the resurrection. See, the, the this God that you serve, talking about Jesus, Christianity, its validity, its truth stands on that one truth, what? That Jesus got up. Had not he got up, we might be in trouble. You might have an argument. But he got Are you here? So, again, remember now, John is writing to prove conclusively that Jesus is the Son of God, yet fully God, and that all who believe in him would have what? Eternal life. What are we talking about? True worship. Say this again. God is seeking my adoration. Verse 23, but the hour is coming, and now he is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit (laughs) and truth. For the Father is seeking such. Am I a little rusty? I feel a little rusty. I'm getting there, though. When Timber said, you haven't preached since December 18th, I said, what? (laughs) Where y'all been? Where I been? (laughs) Verse 24. God is spirit, but one thing I have not stopped doing is studying and worship. I have remained in his presence case style. My main focus, Crystal, has been to remain focused. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and See, the Samaritans had a form of worship, much like a lot of people do today, but it was false. It had no spiritual authority. They started their own religion and were carrying out ordinances of their own invention. You see that today. I don't know how many religions there are, but they have no spiritual authority. Again, ancient Samaritans were into polytheism. That's why at one point he said, you worship what you do not know. Now, watch this. Even though their worship was false, the Jewish people now had reduced worship to outward forms of ceremonies. Want to be seen. Now, I'll be the first, I, from the Pentecostal persuasion, shout, run, as people say, the Spirit move, let them, but more than that, my concern is, how are you when service is over? How are you on Monday? What's your worship like on Wednesday? I, I, I mean, on Friday, when, when someone, you know, rubs you the wrong way, is God still God and is he still good? <laughs> the Jewish people had reduced worship to an outward forms of ceremonies. Now, they thought that by religiously adhering to the letter of the law and going through certain rituals, they were worshiping the Father. But theirs was not a worship in spirit. It was more outward. And not inward. And we see a lot of that in the body of Christ today. It's more outward than inward. And I will submit some individuals' motivation uh, for worship. It, it is the, the motivation is more of trying to appease God by this outward show. And if I look to be doing the right thing, maybe God would grant me something. So it's more for show. It's not inward. Are you with me? Their bodies might be bowed down on the ground, but their hearts were not in the right place. So when the Lord said that worship must be in spirit and in truth, he was rebuking both the Jews and the Samaritans. That's why before we go criticizing someone else, you, you want to make sure that your worship is organic, that your worship is authentic. Because you too could be pretentious in your worship. But the hours is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Lord, the Father and Spirit and in truth. And, and, and can I say this? You need a place of worship. You need, I would write that down. I need a place of worship. If you remember, when Moses was on a mountain getting instruction from God, and when he descended after conferring with the Father, he found Israel in idol worship. They had made a golden calf. And let me say this, the absence, listen to this now, and maybe we'll get into it as we teach this. The earthly tabernacle is a representation of the heavenly tabernacle. The tabernacle in heaven. Read your Bibles. Are you you with me? And and I'm I'm saying that for a reason. But the absence of legitimate worship, uh, the absence of a legitimate worship center, and pattern of worship for that nation had led them into idolatry so when we are absence of a legitimate place to worship and a pattern of worship we could be easily led into idol worship so watch out for these people ah, you worship the lord anywhere where is that scripture I don't have to have a place to go. I said my relationship is personal. And although the relationship is personal, there is fellowship. And when you understand fellowship with the Father, you understand that God desires community. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Matter of fact, if you really are engulfed in true worship, there's no way you would be worshiping, worshiping God isolated, apart from community. <laughs> hey you wouldn't. Notice we said true worship, authentic worship is worshiping or living in agreement with God. And if you're living in agreement with God, you know where he stands relative to worship or corporate worship or gatherings. Are you with me? So the absence of a legitimate worship center and pattern of worship for the nation, watch this, it had given rise to idolatry. Write this down. Man is instinctively a worshiper. Yes, he is. Man is instinctively a worshiper. So the question is not will we or will we not worship? Rather, it is What? Will we worship? Uh, now, you're gonna worship something or somebody. I don't believe in that Jesus stuff. Well, what you believe? I believe in you. See, whether their own philosophy or some other man's thoughts. No, you're gonna, the, the question is. I'm not worried about you worshiping. Now, the question is, daughter, who are you going to worship? Or what are you going to worship? Man, you were born to worship the Father. It's instinctively. And it most are laid off into, if it's not the Father, man, it's idol. Idol worship you worship trust you're worshipping something you hear so, so now when they made the golden calf Israel did not yet know how to worship God so in the absence listen to this now so in the absence of a correct mode of worship they created a false god to worship patterned after the calf worship of Egypt, So since they didn't know how, again, it's instinctively, it's instinctive. So they worship, it's in me to worship. And if I don't know how to worship, you're going to worship something. Listen to people. I don't believe in that, man. I just do this and I do that and I believe in this and I believe in that and I... so after destroying the golden calf, Moses introduced Israel to the legitimate and acceptable pattern for worship that God had given him on the mountain. Talking about the tabernacle. What we call a church, the sanctuary. So he had given them a pattern for worship not just with their bodies, not just with their lifestyle, watch this, but with their substance. So if I'm not living a devoted life to God, a consecrated life with my spirit, soul, but my, my substance, not with, see, true worship is I devote, I live a consecrated life to God even in the presentation of my body. Why? Because I'm holy. With how I walk this walk. It's a life dedicated to God. See, that's worship. Giving, we're going to see, was a big part of Israel's worship. So someone, let me tell you something, who tells you they are in deep devotion and relationship with God. Well, they may be in relationship. We're going to get here in a second. But someone who tells you, Sister Moore, that, man, you know, I really love God. And God cannot get them to give. That person is not a true worshiper. Because it's under everything I have, Brother Damien, is dedicated to God. See, Christian. Now, they may be in relationship, but there's no fellowship. Let me show you. And that's what we have in Christmas. We have a lot of people in relationship with Jesus, but very few are in fellowship. If all those who named the name of Jesus were in fellowship, it would be standing room only at every place of worship. Why? Because they understand Fellowship. Let me show you something. You hear? Now, notice I said Moses gave them the pattern for worship, which was the tabernacle. Now, this was not merely a pattern for worship just for then. It is God's pattern for worship today. You cannot have authentic worship with God then lack tabernacle worship. I say it again. So, so all that, it, 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 now, God forbid you're unable to move or something is restricting your mobility where you can't get in the sanctuary as often as you like. I'm talking about people who just have resigned to having a relationship. Because when you understand true worship, you are going to want to be among other believers. Yes, you will. Yeah, yeah, you will. You won't forsake the assembling of yourselves together with others, as one translation says, which some have the habit of doing. Hey, they, those, those who have a habit of forsaking, they just have a relationship with Jesus. Are you with me? Notice he said he's looking for seeking when true worshipers, the word true in the Greek, it connotes genuine, authentic, a authentic connection, authentic unity. So if, if, if I have made myself, if, if I'm out here on my own, that's not authentic unity. Again, there cannot be, if I say I'm in deep relationship with God, there's going to be communal worship. Are you with me? He's looking for authentic unity. Watch this between what is true and its source or its origin. So God is looking for people who are organically worshiping him because they know who he is. There's a revelation of who he is. A worshiper, a devotee, a person ardently, enthusiastically Devoted to God. So so a true worshipper it listen the the devotion is seen. It's inward. And you can tell the difference between what's inward and what's outward. If you're a true worshiper. <laughs> See a lot of fancy bags and things. <laughs> Just for example's sake, <laughs> if you were someone, what's that word you use? A proponent <laughs> of authenticity. <laughs> you know, real Louis. From the knockoffs. If you are a proponent of the finer things. Any witnesses? Uh, So what are you saying? I'm saying the bag that you have may not be the real thing. Hold them up. Let me see. Hold them up. Hold them up. Hold 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 them up. Oh, that's real, yeah, man. That's real, right there. Uh, yeah, that's real. Okay. Uh, 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 ah, yeah. at Look, someone say, don't get offended. Don't get offended? You the one who bought it. You bought it. How you doing? Let me see you. <laughs> R- write this down. Let me give you this. Eight minutes. I, I need none. Uh, Write this down. Worship is the response, write this down, of a grateful and humble individual to the only living God. Write this down. Because I'm going to call him see, Sister Williams, you normally take good notes. So if you don't get it, see, Sister Williams, where you whistle, blow your whistle. This is who you look for, okay? So if you, <laughs> I haven't heard it all day today. Yeah. Have you? Oh, I've been. I guess I've been in the spirit. <laughs> I hear one whistle. <laughs> Worship is the response of a grateful and humble individual to the only living God. You got that? Where submission, sacrificial service, praise, agreement, testimony. This woman at the well, after she had the revelation of who Jesus was, you know where she went? She went and spread the word, and there were others who came to testimony. And gratitude are freely expressed in (laughs) innumerable ways. Who got that? You get that, Chelsea? You. Hold up. No, no, hold on. She said she got it. So we gonna let her come down to the front. <laughs> well, I mean I ain't get all of it. I mean, I mean, you mean that I get like which line? I got like the <laughs> the first line or the second line. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll let Tamra print it on the board next week. But wor- l- l- listen, I gotta move on. Worship is the response up. See, shine blow it again. Blow your whistle. Blow your whistle. Come on. All right. Worship is the response of a grateful and um, <laughs> an humble individual to the only living God where submission. See, you see how in, when it comes to worship of the tabernacle, you see this, uh, where submission, sacrificial service, praise, agreement, testimony, And gratitude are freely expressed in in innumerable ways. That's worship. And I will circle that word agreement. (laughs) Huh? Say it one more time. Okay. One more minute on the clock. (laughs) One more minute. Worship is the response of a grateful and humble individual To the only living God where submission, sacrificial service, praise, agreement, testimony, and gratitude are freely expressed in innumerable ways. Okay? Say this. True worship. Write this down. First point. True worship is about fellowship. It's about what? Fellowship. Fellowship. See, fellowship is your current status. Relationship is your permanent position. See, once you are born again, my name is written, your name is, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's permanent. That's relationship. But fellowship is what you do daily. You. It's what you're doing now. See, so you could have a re- and I And I really believe a lot of people who say they have a relationship, have a relationship. But they're not in fellowship with the Father. Why? Because th- there's no testimony. They're living out of agreement. There's no submission. There's no sacrificial service. There's no praise. There's no gratitude. And what we have now, we have people who have become content with relationship, but disinterested in fellowship. COVID showed us that. Oh, we got people who have relationship with Jesus, but they are disinterested in fellowship. That's why I'd rather ski on Sunday morning than to fellowship or Play poker on Sunday morning, or whatever it may be. Are you with me? In other words, they're casual. They, you know, there's just, dispassionate. They're withdrawn. That's the person who has relationship, but no fellowship. So for all the people who are watching, who are in here, (laughs) I may have a relationship, but that fellowship is what you do daily. Huh? See, you can be out of... Fellowship with your spouse and still be married. See, that's relationship. Oh, it, it, see, it, we in church now. See now, everybody, see, all the couples gonna up a little bit. Get ready for get, get ready for what I'm about to say. Yes. Yeah, Their relationship. But what's the fellowship like? Did we speak on the way to church this morning? Have we spoken in the last several days? I'm just saying. Don't 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 don't. If you make it obvious, you you're telling yourself. So when so if it's you, best thing you could do is look at me, nod your head, say he preaching. pastor. You are right. Amen. Pre- preach, preacher. But when you start twitching and moving and looking up and, and you still on the definition that I gave fifteen uh, to live upstanding. No, no, look at me. I'm talking to you. You can be out of fellowship with your kids and yet they're still your kids. Relationship. But no fellowship. You may be a backslider. The backslider just one who moves away from God. Or they turn back. See, but the relationship is still there. Why? Because God is married to the backslider. There's a relationship there, but no fellowship. Why? Because they're withdrawn. I don't need a church. You don't understand fellowship, bro. Are you here? No man tell me something. You're going to worship somebody, sir. Just who? You hear? Yeah, you, you so when that person who was drawing the relationships there, you're just fallen out of fellowship. That. That's why, ooh, when you understand worship, you will never allow an offense to get you out of, fellowship why because i understand wh- listen this is th- th- we, we say I re- my relationship is personal and i understand my devotion to god causes me to rise above being offended why because of fellowship now if i'm just in relationship oh oh yeah i let it take the root i let it take root and have me topsy turvy because i understand Fellowship. Are you here? So we have those in the body of Christ who are truly in relationship with God, but there are many who lack fellowship with Him. See, see, when I when I understand fellowship, I can only watch where i where God called me. I, I I I can't stand watching pastor from the house. See, I, I, can't, I, I miss the fellowship with my brothers and sisters. Pass it only about one Sunday. I'm good, but the rest of the Sundays, I have to be in the presence with my brothers and sisters because I understand fellowship. So you get agitated watching. Oh, man, I got to get there. It's nothing like uh, an in-person impartation. So if you are comfortable watching me or whoever your pastor is from home, I submit to you, you have fallen away from fellowship. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't have a relationship, but you're you, you withdrawn in your fellowship. It sounds boring. See, fellowship is deeper. Let me tell you, Why does that fellowship is that intimate communion? It's joint. We're talking about koinonia, the Greek word. It's joint participation. It's commitment. It's being unified. Watch this, not just with believers, but with the Lord. And it's that commitment with the Lord that caused me to engage unity, community, fellowship with my beloved brothers and sisters in the faith. It's having everything in common that's being of the same mind. Remember those in Acts? All those who are of one heart and one man had all things in common. And the things that they possessed, they didn't consider their own. See, that's fellowship. See, that's that's that everything being devoted to God. And they laid their proceeds at the apostles' feet. See, you're not going to do that if you're out of fellowship with the Father. See, that's fellowship. See, how can two walk together except they agree? How can you walk with God and except you agree? See, fellowship is about agreement. And if I'm not walking with him, I am out of agreement. If I'm not walking along with him. Are you here? So, again, fellowship is your current status. But relationship, eh, that's your permanent position. And some have left it in part with the, no, you need fellowship. You here? Again, fellowship, the Greek word koinonia. It's not just Christian fellowship and association among a community of believers. It's having that intimate spiritual communion with the Father. See, fellowship is participative. You participate when you understand fellowship. <laughs> so it's fellowship. With the Lord and each other. Watch this. How I devote myself to the Lord, Sister Gilliam, will determine my devotion and my response to my community of brothers and sisters. So if I'm devoted to God, you don't have to worry about me, Fellowship. Why? Because I understand fellowship. See, you are only as good to me, what I mean by that, as your pastor, as is your relationship is with the Father. So if you out of agreement with me, I just know she's out of fellowship with the Father. Because there's no way you could be in fellowship with the Father and not be in agreement when it comes to his order in the house of God. What are you talking about? What Bible are you reading? How you in fe- how you say you're in fellowship, but your life is out of sync with his order. What are you talking about? You hear? So worship or fellowship is communion, is joint participation. It's understanding, companionship. It involves a deep, close-knit participation. Watch this. Among the worshipers and God. See, fellowship is much deeper. I close with this. Oh, and we have to pick up when we get back in this. But relationship will get you into heaven, but fellowship will have you experience in heaven on earth. Now, I I didn't hear nobody in the back say, repeat that. You want me to repeat it? Okay, there you go. (laughs) Relationship is what will get you into heaven, Jeremiah. But fellowship will have you experience in heaven on earth. Listen, this is good pleasure. Look, look, and see, and when you understand worship, And that all things have already been freely given, the more you spend that time with him because of that agreement, things that you thought about sitting at your front door, desires that you just pondered, God will have been delivered to you. Why? Because you are such in agreement with him. Well, how can you say that? He knows the things that you have need of before you even pray. That's why when you understand fellowship and worship, just go to God naked as you are. He already knows. He just won't fellowship. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com